0: Well, good morning. morning. Um, Before we begin this morning, I just want to quickly shout out the 16 people from this church that joined me yesterday um, to go and serve with New York City Love Kitchen. Uh, I'm not going to call everybody out, but that you know that's laurel it's kim it's it's amber it's Jonathan and Avery. I know y'all are here somewhere. Help oh, there you are. Um, we had such a good time yesterday, and um, I was telling someone that it 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 always amazes me how full you are and how invigorated you are at the end of these service events um, and yesterday's just went so smoothly, um, especially because Paul wasn't there, and you know when Paul is at the service events, you know, the ladies just wanna see Paul and the lines go so slowly, but <laughs> thankfully, this time. Paul, it is only because I love you that I tease you this much. Um, okay, all right, let's get, let's get down to business. Um, last weekend, we started a new series called Who Am I? We spent so many months from the beginning of the year looking at who Jesus is. Who was he prophesied to be? Who did people say that he was? We tried to answer that question of who do you say he is? And now we have graduated on to a new question, a new series. Who am I? Who are you? And we're just going to spend the next few weeks looking at that, looking at who we are in light of who Jesus is. We know that Jesus had so much to offer the world, to offer to the body, and to offer to anyone that had any interest in hearing what he had to say. And as his followers, we also have something to offer. Um, So what we're going to do over the next few weeks is just explore spiritual gifts, and we're going to explore and just examine how we are all uniquely gifted. What has God given to you and what are you supposed to do with it? Now, if you've been around this church for a while, you know that spiritual gifts, like this is my jam. I love talking about it. My life has been drastically impacted by discovering my gifts and then having a church body to operate in. Um, So it's huge. Um, But today we're not going to get into so much of the nitty-gritty. This is really just an introduction, a bridge between where we were last week and where we're going to go over the next couple of weeks. Um, So again, big picture question for us today is not only who am I, but what do I have to offer to those around me? So I'm going to read our scripture for today, and then I'll pray, and then we'll just keep it moving. Um, today's scripture is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 13 through 24. And I think those of us that have been in the church or grew up in church, we often see this or we read it ourselves in, in you know, the ESV or the NLT maybe, or maybe even the New King James. But this morning, I chose to read it out of the message. I just wanted it to be boiled down to its simplest form. And I love that Esther came up this morning and read from the message as well. So I feel like something's happening there. So here we go. This is a little lengthy, um, but we'll get through it. Chapter 12, verse 13. Each of us... (laughs) is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge, it's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body, would that make it so? And if ear said, I'm not beautiful like eye, transparent and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is more important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you? Or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's part of your own body you are concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full bodied hair? Did the Holy Spirit just get us all the way together or what? That, my friends, is what we call a read, okay? Read from top to bottom. And on that note, let's quickly pray and then we're going to go right in. Mm. Woo! God, don't hold back. God, don't hold back. Lord, it is often said that you are always trying to give us good things, but our hands are too full to receive them. Right now, God, where we stand, where we sit, we just we just open our hands, Lord. Knowing we can't let go of everything we're holding on to. But for the next few minutes, God, we're gonna release it to you. You hold it, Lord. Hold everyone and everything that we care about and that we walked in this morning concerned with. Take all of those concerns and hold them and keep them safe for us, Lord. And when this message is over, God, what you want us to pick back up, strengthen us to do just that. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Okay, so as I mentioned, we are exploring identity there are thousands of places to turn, thousands of resources to go to if you want to talk about identity or try to answer that question. I'm going to be honest with you. There are so many markers of identity being uh, defined and invented. There, it's happening faster than I can even keep up with. This is something that's very much on the minds of our, of our culture and especially our nation. And so when we say we're going to talk about identity, right, and answer that question of who am I, I don't want us to skip over the obvious, which is that we are not trying to answer the question of who am I with a TED Talk. We're not trying to answer the question of who am I with an Oprah podcast. We are trying to answer the question of who am I with the Bible, And we are doing that not only because we are a church, but because we believe that scripture, the word of God, truly has value. Not just value. Hebrews 4 says that the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, meaning it's powerful, it's something that can protect you. Jeremiah 20 calls the word a burning fire. But my favorite has always been the book of James, which compares scripture to a mirror. And the mirror is easy to understand when you compare the word of God in that way, because we all understand how a mirror works. You looked in one this morning many times before you walked out of your house, and you used it to correct and fix whatever was wrong. If you saw a hair out of place, you brushed it, right? You looked at yourself, ladies, when you put makeup on this morning. And scripture works in the same way. We open that book, we look at the word of God and we can see, I have flaws. I have things that need to be fixed. There are places I need to make an adjustment here or there, right? And in the same way, we can also look at the word of God and see how beautifully and wonderfully made we are and how uniquely you, you are. There is no one like you. And it makes me so upset when people don't hold that and carry it every day. There is no one on the planet like you. And the more you understand that and the more you discover your gifts and you give them out, I'm talking to you, Hillary, the more fulfilled and content you are going to be. Every Christian has a spiritual gift that is meant to help other people. Me? Yes, you. Me? Yes, you. Every Christian has a spiritual gift. And here's our big idea for today, that we should eagerly desire the gifts and also remember that the best gift you can give to the people around you is you transformed by Jesus. Let me say that again, moms, the best gift that you can give your kids is you, all of you, your history, your background, your journey, your dreams, your likes, your dislikes, the way you say things, the way you cook things, you take all of that and you surrender to the daily ongoing transformation of being changed through the presence and the teachings and the power of Jesus Christ. And then that's what you give out. We don't need another TED talk per se. What we need is you, Sydney, owning all of who you are, letting Jesus work on you every day, taking your brokenness, your insecurities, your doubts, your fears, taking it to Jesus, being transformed, and boom, that's what we want. That's what's not available at Target. Do you feel me? If we become more like Jesus, everybody wins. So I want to quickly back up for a moment and just look at the relationship between God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and our spiritual gifts. Now at this point, we've read a pretty good portion of the Bible. And one of the things we have seen clear as day is that the Bible is filled with imperfect, broken people who make mistakes as often as we do. And yet, Jesus came to dwell with them anyway. That is the gospel. That is the good news that Jesus has come and all people and all things can be transformed through him. For God so loved the world. He sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Alicia preached on that last weekend. The entire message was about God's love, how we should think and feel and do as a result of God's love. Well, that love gave Jesus as a gift to the world. That love gave Jesus to broken and perfect people. And then that love went a step further. That love gave those who believe in Jesus the gift of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to get too off track or too off topic, but I know sometimes people wonder, like, well, do people that don't believe in Christ, like, do they have the Holy Spirit? And just to to quickly sum that up, again, Jesus is what God intended for the world to have, right? The Holy Spirit is a very special gift for his children. You're walking around now empowered with the Holy Spirit to do some very important specific things for the kingdom of God. So, getting back to the Holy Spirit, now that you have a deposit of him on the inside, the moment you came to faith, that's what happened. And the Holy Spirit does many things in your life. But here are two of the top things. Number one, the Holy Spirit constantly reminds you of God's love for you. That same love that Alicia talked about. Sometimes we have to fight really hard to know that and remember that. But praise God, there is a deposit of that reminder on the inside of us. That's coming from the Holy Spirit. Number two, the Holy Spirit fires us up to continue the mission of Jesus. The Holy Spirit wants you to now do what Jesus does. Go where Jesus would go carry out his mission. That's what we're trying to do. And so to empower us in completing the mission of Jesus, the Holy Spirit gives to each child of God a spiritual gift. So what is a spiritual gift? Let's not make it more complicated than it needs to be. A spiritual gift is simply an expression of the Holy Spirit that strengthens and blesses you so you can turn around and strengthen and bless someone else in the body of Christ. And we are given these gifts for the profit of all. It is so that everyone would benefit, everyone would profit and gain. Spiritual gifts equip us, they prepare us, they encourage us in the body of Christ. And the key word in spiritual gift is gift. We have done nothing to earn it. God just gave us our spiritual gift when we put our faith in Jesus Christ and receive the Holy Spirit. Versus spiritual fruit, right? Gifts are given, remember this in the kingdom of God. Gifts are given, fruit is grown. If you have that backwards, untangle that. You can do nothing to earn the gift. But the fruit of the Spirit, joy, love, peace, kindness, that's something that has to grow over time. You cannot force a mature fruit. You have to live and be transformed by Christ. That fruit grows. And you need connection with the Lord for the fruit to grow versus a gift which is free. It is already yours. What does the gift demand of you? only commitment. Only commitment. God has nothing for sale. God simply gives because he is good. And these gifts are given, as I said, to everyone in the body of Christ, which means they are also given to very imperfect people. You don't get it once you've attended church for 10 years. You don't get it once you're the most mature Christian. This book, or this scripture was taken from Corinthians, written to the church of Corinth. We see many immature believers in that book, and yet we also see them operating so many different gifts. And I I think sometimes, you know, it makes you wonder, like, well, well, why, why would God give a spiritual gift to someone who's not mature? You know, why would he give a spiritual gift to someone who's broken or so flawed? And as my mentor says, it's because God isn't Santa Claus. Santa sees you when you're sleeping, and he knows when you're awake, and he knows when you've been bad or good. Exactly. Is that not terrifying? Why why are we singing this to the children year after year, right? But that's what we call the Santa Claus mentality. And you have to check yourself sometimes and say, am I irritable and upset and not at peace and not coming to God the way I know I need to because I have Santa Claus mentality, which tells you that you have to be good in order to earn. And the Santa Claus mentality opposes everything that you now know to be true about God. God does not just give us gifts when we've been good, but when we've been bad too. Why? Why? because he is good. So let's go back to where we started. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body. We're fresh and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves like Jew or Greek, slave or free are no longer useful. We need something larger and more comprehensive. Folks, I'm here to affirm for you that who you are and who you are becoming and what you are becoming and where you were going cannot be held or defined by the old labels. TJ, I really feel like I'm talking to you right now. You're not ordinary anymore, and you're going to need larger and bigger labels to hold your new identity in Christ. And based on what the scripture says, it would appear that once we get into that place, there are two ways to then start thinking about ourselves and our gifts, which is we are tempted to either think that we are less significant than other people or more significant. We spend so much time taking quizzes, enrolling in courses, trying to figure out who we are, and then oftentimes we're unhappy with the results. Why am I not like this? Why don't I look like him? Why was I dealt this hand, right? But right here in the scripture, God is plainly reminding us that he has placed each one of us exactly where he wants us to be. And not only that, but the parts that we tend to think of as unimpressive or unimportant or the lower parts are actually some of the most crucial parts in the body of Christ that we cannot live without. Y'all, a healthy body A healthy church, LMCC, needs everyone to play their part, needs everyone to be appreciated for what they bring, not condemned or compared to someone else. A healthy church understands that everyone is working together and that we are either going to sink or swim together. So often we're tempted to think we don't matter or we're not important, if we don't hold a specific gift, perhaps a gift that you see on display more than others. Or we think that if we do have the gift, but someone else has it, then what does it matter? And that leads me to my final point, which is again, that the greatest gift you have, the one that we want to see displayed most of all, is not necessarily your spiritual gift, though we earnestly desire to see that too. But the gift of you being you, transformed by Jesus, given out to the world, undergoing the radical transformation that only He offers. We want His instructions and we want opportunities to practice living out as content disciples so that we are ready to operate our gifts in a healthy manner. We don't wanna be unhealthy people operating gifts, we wanna be healthy and mature believers. Um, I really appreciate having the opportunity to talk and share an introduction on gifts. And I hope that over the next few weeks as we continue to talk about it, that you will explore internally how has God gifted you. Not your talents that you can do in your nine to five necessarily, what has God supernaturally empowered you to be able to do for his body and for his children? So this week, I hope you get in his presence. I hope you study his word. And I hope you study his teaching. And that by doing that, you may become more like him and even more capable of using your gifts. They are going to know we are children of God. They are going to know we are children of God because we're going to serve, because we're going to love, because we're going to have rightly set senses of our purpose and our value. They're going to know we're children of God because we have spiritual gifts, but most importantly they're going to know we're children of God because day in and day out we are becoming less of ourselves and more of who he is. Let's pray. Mm. Mm, Holy Spirit, thank you for generously giving each one of us something so special that we now have an opportunity to turn around and give out to others. I pray that you would help us to see the beauty of exactly who you've created us to be and exactly how you want to use us and help us to do so in harmony and unity with other believers in the body of Christ. You are magnificent. You are worthy, Lord, of every praise. We thank you. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.